Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. That is 1 Corinthians 6.17, and this is Matt Miller filling in again today for Chris Wilde. He'll be back later this week, maybe even tomorrow. But in the meantime, we're here again with Gary Evans to touch a very critical verse from the New Testament. In fact, probably the most important verse related to our experience of the Lord. Gary, welcome back to Life Study. Uh, Thank you, Matt. Good to be here. This is uh, printed message number 39 of the Life Study of 1 Corinthians, and it's radio program number 31. But this program is really a highlight of all the Life Studies, and I'm really looking forward to today's program to cover 1 Corinthians 6.17. Gary, you want to give a little opening word? Well, I was just thinking, one of the greatest verses in the Bible is also Revelation 3.20. In that verse, the Lord Jesus tells us, or he promises us, that he will come into us and dine with us and that we would dine with him. So that verse is among other verses where the Lord told us that for us New Testament believers, Christ literally lives in us. He promised, I will come into them. I will come into him. And in John fifteen five, he says, abide in me and I in you. This shows us that the Lord lives in us, but the big question is, where does he live in us? We're complicated people. We have a mind and emotion and a will, and we have a body, but we also have a spirit. And so that's why I like this verse, 1 Corinthians six seventeen. It tells us where our union with the Lord is. The Lord lives in our spirit. You know, I remember last week I was on here, a program with you, Gary, and you asked me that question, where did the Lord come into us? That's right. We won't get into that right now, but let's go to Witness Lee in our first section to touch this verse, 1 Corinthians six seventeen. These few verses give us three important points. Number one, it says our body is a member of Christ. Number two, it says, we are joined to the Lord, one spirit. Then number three, it also says that a body is a temple of uh, the Holy Spirit. These three points, you have to realize, are uh, extraordinary in the New Testament. In the New Testament... In no other books or verses tell us our body is a member of Christ. And our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And in no New Testament book that tells us we are one spirit with the Lord. We are joined to the Lord one spirit. We need to spend a long time, maybe one or two months, just to study this one thing. 
that we are one spirit with the Lord. No doubt among the Christians, the experiences of uh, practicing the one spirit with the Lord is very rare. Due to the background, due to the history of the traditional theology, the traditional teachings, the traditional practices, we don't have the mind to take this in. After being drugged by the situation, we do not have the mind to take in points like this, that we are one spirit with the Lord. To some extent, all of us have been drugged in this way. Have you ever noticed that there was such a verse that says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit? You've been reading this verse again, 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 no impression. I was just like this. It was until quite a number of years ago. One day, no one told me, and I didn't read a book that told me this. One day, I read chapter 6 again. My, verse 17, stood out. He who is joined to the Lord is once I said to myself, is there such a verse in the Bible? <laughs> huh? Is there such a verse in the Bible? Yes, it is. And from that time, I don't know how much time I have spent on this one verse. From that day, I tried to experience it. I tried to realize it. I tried. Gary, I like how Witness Lee ended this section here on how he tried to experience this matter of being one spirit with the Lord. He tried to realize what does this mean? What did the Apostle Paul mean when he talked about being one spirit with the Lord? I wonder how many people listening today have ever even thought about it, much less even tried to experience it or realize it, what that means. It's a marvelous thing, Matt, really marvelous to see from the Bible that we are actually one with the Lord in our spirit. We don't just believe in the Lord in a way of believing in someone who's gone far away, though we do know that the Lord has ascended and that he's physically at the right hand of God. But the Bible further reveals that as the spirit, he has breathed himself into all of his believers. The day we first received the Lord, We not only got saved from perdition, we not only got forgiven and cleansed and even redeemed and justified, all these wonderful things, but even more, we got the divine life imparted into us. Christ himself breathed himself, imparted himself. God's own life was imparted into our spirit. The place that Christ reached first in our being was our spirit. When we received the Lord, he came into us, and now the Lord's Spirit is joined to our spirit. You know, I take this nutritional supplement. I've been doing this the last few weeks. I've been adding in this nutritional supplement into my drink, and they're two separate things, but I'm able to stir them together to make one drink. And so the two have become one. And, you know, that's divine mathematics, Matt. Divine mathematics is one 
plus one equals one. The Holy Spirit plus your spirit is one spirit. That's what the verse says. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. He plus the Lord is one spirit. The Lord Jesus, as the Spirit, literally lives or indwells us in our spirit. It's a big thing. It's a big point. And I hope we're impressing the listeners today with the critical importance of it. Uh, I'd like to go on to Witness Lee's next portion here, and he's going to talk about his experience with Watchman Nee touching this verse. Good. And uh, let, let's go on and listen to his talk about that, and we'll come back and fellowship some more. Brother Nee, in the last stage, the last two years, that means mainly in 47, 48, that was after the war in Shanghai. The Lord brought me there, and the Lord brought, brought me back there. In those two years, I myself had most of the time with him. Just personal talk. You know, in those two years, he didn't minister publicly. He didn't. In all those talks, he stressed one thing. That is, you have to exercise your spirit. You have to release your spirit. In speaking the word, in praising the gospel, in contacting people, in doing everything, in anything in Christian life, you must release your spirit. You must exercise your spirit. He even used an illustration, you know, if you hit the wall with your face, the first thing that touches the wall, or the first thing that is touched by the wall is the tip of your nose. He means this. If you live in your mind, whenever you talk, your mind comes out. If you live in emotion, whenever you speak, emotion comes out. And it was he who illustrated that the brothers used to be in the mind. Then something added. The sisters used to be in the emotion. So what is the tip nose of the sisters? Emotion. What the tip of the nose of the brothers? The mind. But nearly all the brothers and the sisters don't know how to exercise the spirit and how to release the spirit. That was the big help I received in the last stage of Brother Nee. And from that time onward, I learned to exercise the spirit. I learned to release the spirit. But even by that time, I didn't see this verse. It was just about 25 years ago, I saw this verse. And this verse has affected the ministry given to me by the Lord very much. Dear brothers and sisters, to realize that we are joined to the Lord one spirit is the greatest point and the most mysterious thing in the Bible. Gary, to realize this one point is the greatest point and the most mysterious thing in the Bible. Watchman Nee impressed Witness Lee in 1948 and 49 when he was there with him in China with this matter of exercising the Spirit and releasing the Spirit. Why don't you talk about what that means in a practical way? Well, Matt, studies have shown that 
people can exercise their mind and make it more clear, more sharp. Uh, we know from studies you can exercise your memory and actually improve your memory. You can, with diligence, exercise to control your emotions or adjust your emotions. And we know people can affect their will by various exercises. Of course, we all know we can exercise our body and change it too. But all of these faculties in our being can be improved and strengthened with exercise. But the Bible reveals that we have another organ, Matt, and that is an organ to contact God and an organ to receive God, to worship God, to pray with. That is our spirit. Man is tripartite. That means man is body, soul, and spirit. I think everyone knows what it means to exercise the body. That's why they have gymnasiums. That's right. Everyone knows what it is to exercise the mind, I think. Well, we have universities. Yeah. But an unbeliever has an unregenerated spirit. As Paul said, they are dead in sins. But we believers have a regenerated spirit. I just want to emphasize what you just said. That was Ephesians 2.1. The verse says that they are dead in their sins. Okay. Obviously, their body's not dead. No. Obviously, their mind is not dead. That's right. Their soul is not dead. But their spirit is with a part of them that's dead. They are spiritually dead. Their spirit so has when, not been made alive. So when we get born again, we are born of the spirit in our spirit. That's John chapter 3. So it's our spirit that gets made alive. Actually, Gary, I just wanted to slow down. I want to make sure this is crystal clear. And uh, the points you're making are good, and I didn't mean to stop you. Why don't you keep going? Well, we believers, now that we have a regenerated spirit, we need to learn how to exercise our spirit. It's not good enough just to be born. You know, a baby needs to grow and a baby needs to exercise to become a strong adult person. And it's not good enough to be just born again. But we should get on a pathway where every day we learn how to exercise our spiritual organ. That's our spirit. And we do that by prayer and by talking to the Lord and by singing to the Lord. You know, it's just like a muscle. If you don't exercise it, it becomes flabby. And many of us believers, we all know from experience we've had times of having a flabby spirit. I think sometimes I feel like my spirit muscle has gone into atrophy. Our most important exercise every day, the way we should start our day, is by exercising our spirit to contact the Lord. Then we become Christians who are spiritual. I really like what Watchman Nee told Witness Lee here, and that is that you can tell the most outstanding features of a person. For instance, you know, if your nose is really big, that's the first thing that's going to hit the wall, like was used. And Paul, he uses three adjectives to describe people in 1 Corinthians. He says, a soulish man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. That's in chapter 2, 14. So he uses this word soulish. So some people, they're just driven and dominated by their mind or their emotion or their will. They're just emotional people or willful people. But then he says, the spiritual man discerns all things. And then he says, listen to this, even he uses the word fleshy in chapter 3, verse 1. He said, I had to speak to you as to fleshy, not fleshly, but fleshy. So some human beings are just dominated by the flesh, so they're fleshy. Some are dominated by their soul. They're run by their soul. They're slaves to their soul. So they're soulish. But others who have practiced exercising their spirit, who have learned how to talk to people while being one spirit with the Lord, they are spiritual because they know where Christ lives. 
He lives in their spirit. So when they discipline their children, they inwardly are talking to the Lord while they're disciplining their children. When they go to the grocery store, they shine Christ out because while they were waiting in that long, aggravating line, they maintained an inward fellowship with the Lord in their spirit. So Christ had the opportunity to shine out. Those are spiritual people. Seems like the part of our being that we use the most is the part of our being that will be what people are impressed with. Exactly. Gary, we've got a lot to touch here, but I'm afraid we're going to run out of time. Let's go back to Witness Lee and hear his final portion, and then we'll come back for a concluding word. For quite a long time, every day, my unique prayer is this, Lord, grant me the grace that I may practice the one spirit with you. Grant me the grace that I may practice the one spirit with you. Many mornings I said, Lord, thank you for another new day that I can practice the one spirit with you. What a wonder! What a wonder! You think about it. What a wonder! A sinner like you and me can be one spirit. Is this a doctrine or a dream? Imagination? What is this? Paul says this is a fact. He tells us a fact that we are one spirit with the Lord. You need to spend one month's time just on this one verse. Study and explore and make some experiment. You may ask me how to explore, how to experience. Well, daily, when you talk to a wife, you have to have a check within. Is this talk out of the one spirit? Check. It is very good if in everything you would have such a check. Is this something out of the one spirit? The vision keeps coming. The Lord wants you and me to see what he has shown to his faithful steward, the Apostle Paul. What is to be one spirit with the Lord? What a sad feeling within me. We are so, so deficient. We are so short. We don't have much experiences. For the years we have been Christians, we didn't have any capacity. I hope that you would share my feeling and humble yourself and say, Lord, I don't know how to repent. I don't know how to confess. I don't know how to pray. Even Lord, I don't know how to weep. Lord, I'm just here. Have mercy upon me. The only one thing I need, Lord, is your mercy. I have been in your work for years, but how pitiful I'm still be. I don't see the clear vision of your sinful land. I'm not in it, and my work is not in it. And I'm not helping people to get into it. Lord, have mercy. I like to see them. Maybe the mercy will come. We need the mercy. Gary, I don't know about our listeners, but I'm touched by this prayer of Witness Lee that we need the Lord's mercy to really know what it means to be one spirit with the Lord. 
and to experience and ask the Lord, Lord, am I doing this one spirit with you? Am I talking to my wife one spirit with you? I feel convicted by this word, and I hope that the light is really shining on this truth about what does it mean to practice being one spirit with the Lord. I hope that every believer has the mercy from God to see their organic union with the Lord that has transpired in their spirit, that every day the Lord Jesus is both on the throne physically and as the spirit in their spirit and wanting to live out from their spirit through their mind, emotion, and will. This is not just a nice thing, Matt. This is a huge matter in the New Testament. I think so. It's a central core matter of the New Testament. One time I had to take a course on world religions. I didn't want to take the course really, but it was required. But we got quite in-depth into the study of all of the major religions around the world. And one thing I was deeply impressed with was that there is something that is very unique about the Christian faith. Of course, one thing is redemption, the redemption of Christ. But there's also another matter that is very unique about the Christian faith. You know, Judaism got its commandments and laws and ordinances from Moses. Moses delivered it to them. Then Moses died, and Judaism has gone on. Islam got its book from Muhammad. He died, and they go on according to the teachings of their book. With the Christian faith, if we don't have Christ in us, what are we doing? In the New Testament, it's not just a matter of being saved from God's judgment and then trying to live like Jesus. But the New Testament stresses that it's a matter of Christ in you and of Christ living again in his believers. Muhammad doesn't live again, and they would never teach that. But the New Testament teaches us that Christ is enlarged and expanded on the earth by indwelling all his believers. When a believer practices being one spirit with the Lord all day, being conscious of the Lord's indwelling and learning how to speak one spirit with the Lord, Christ lives again. That's amazing. Actually, Christ is living through that person. Our resurrected Lord indwells us. So it's really not that good to go around asking what would Jesus do? I know that's a famous question that came out of a fictional novel written in the 1800s. But to ask what would Jesus do is really contrary to the central thought in the New Testament. If you really see that Christ lives in you, that the Lord is in your spirit, that you're one spirit with the Lord, you won't ask what would Jesus do? You would ask, Lord, what are you doing right now in me? To ask what would Jesus do means he's gone. He's gone away, and we're trying to figure out from his example what he would do if he were in this situation. When you see that you're one spirit with the Lord, you realize he is in your situation. He's there right now wanting to live through you. Well, we hope this wonderful truth today, Gary, that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. It resulted in some spiritual people. Amen. Well, we've run out of time, and I need to give the phone number, so if anyone would like to get this wonderful printed message, it is available. It's the second volume of the Life Study from 1 Corinthians, published by Living Stream Ministry. You can call and get more information on how to obtain it at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. 
Or you can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or you can just send email to radio at lsm.org. Well, we've run out of time, Gary, and I sure appreciate you being with me for the first day of this week's Life Studies. It's been a pleasure to be here. And uh, thank you also for being with us. On behalf of Gary Evans, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening. Throughout the centuries, the Lord has recovered many truths concerning His purpose and plan for humanity. The recovery version of the New Testament by Living Stream Ministry presents these crucial truths in a format that is easy to understand and study. This faithful translation of the original Greek text includes outlines of each book of the New Testament, over 9,000 footnotes, more than 13,000 cross-references, charts of important truths, and color maps. The New Testament recovery version from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788.